Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her and said, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. The woman recognized him from a distance. She couldn't believe that he was here. Why would he be here of all places? She had heard that he might be coming through. She sees him finally and runs towards the man, crying out in a loud voice, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. The woman knew that she shouldn't even be talking to him. She was a woman. She was also a Canaanite. Jews and Canaanites hated each other, and she feared he might turn her away. She keeps waiting for him to say something, anything. Instead, he says nothing. But while he was quiet, his friends definitely were not. They told him to send her away. He quieted his friends and then decided to speak. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She was disheartened by this, but she had a daughter that was ill. She had been to doctors and no one could help her daughter. She had heard the stories about this man. She knew that this was her best chance, her only chance. So she got down on her knees and looked up at him and said, Lord, help me. He looked down at her. She couldn't read his face. He then said in a quiet 
but distinctive voice. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. That felt like a gut punch. This was not the first time that she had been called a dog by other Jews as they passed through town, but this supposedly was the son of David. She looked to see his friends snickering. A brief thought came to her that maybe she should just quietly slink away. But she believed that this was the Son of God and was the only one that could save her daughter. She grabbed his hands and looks at him and says, Yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. His eyes grew wide. Oh, woman, great is your faith, he says. Let it be to you as you desire. She thanks him, and she literally runs to her home. She came and saw her daughter was healed. She hugs her daughter and quietly gives thanks to God. Against all hope, she believed, and her prayers were answered. For pastors, this has always been a hard text to preach on. It's hard because we really don't know how best to understand this text. Actually, truthfully, what we're confused about is how Jesus acts. What was Jesus up to here? Was this a test of faith? Is this about an imperfect Jesus? We don't know. There are some scholars that think that Jesus was testing the woman, that his use of the, of the word dogs is not bigoted, but was a term of affection, calling her a puppy. On the other side are those who think that the woman actually is the one that schools Jesus for acting like a jerk. But Jesus was the one that was willing to heal the Roman soldier, why in the world couldn't he grant this woman, who was also an outsider, her request? In the past, I've tried answering this question, and I'm not going to do that tonight. Because the fact is, we don't know what Jesus was up to here. But, we know a lot about the woman. We know that she is desperate. We know that she is part of an ethnic group that is hated by the Jews and her group doesn't really like the Jews either. We know that she is a woman and could have been easily ignored. We know that she believes that Jesus isn't just your average rabbi. She knew that this person was someone special. She figured out and made a confession of faith even before Peter, who was a disciple. He makes that confession in chapter 16. This woman 
had an unshakable faith, a faith in Jesus, no matter what anything or anyone was telling her, she believed in Jesus and she believed that it was only this person that could heal her daughter. There is an interesting thing about Christ's ministry and you see it over and over again in the Gospels how many times someone is healed or someone a person comes and it's someone else's someone else that they know who is healed that Jesus says something to the effect that it is their faith that heals them. These people had a faith that it was Jesus that could do something in the lives, in their lives, and in the lives of their friends. What would happen if we believed that Jesus would show up, that Jesus would do what seems to be the unimaginable? You know, I think in our own age, we are too rational for our own good. We find it hard in, our, in this age to believe in things like miracles or even things like Jesus being the Son of God. And, but the funny thing is, is that in doing that, we miss out, I think, on something special. It reminds me of the line from the musical Auntie Mame. Life is a banquet and some poor suckers are starving at the dinner table. Unlike this woman, too often we don't believe that Jesus will show up. Now the point of this whole story is not that if we believe enough or if we are persistent or annoying, that God's going to answer our prayers. The woman had no idea that this was going to succeed. What she had was trust. She placed her faith in Jesus, and that is the whole point. We are to trust God no matter what. No matter what the situation around us says, we are to trust and I will admit that is hard because trusting God is like doing one of those trust falls except you're 10 feet above the ground and you're blindfolded. And it is hard in this day and age and in this time to believe and place our trust in God when it seems like the world is falling apart. But that is what we are called to do as followers of Jesus, is to trust, even when everything around us says all is lost. So we trust God when the fires of urban unrest and racial tensions rise. We trust God when the economy fails. We trust God now in the middle of a pandemic, when we have to keep a safe distance from each other and wear masks. 
we place our faith in Jesus even when the situation seems to scream that there is no hope. The whole point is not necessarily that our prayers are answered, but the point is, is that as the woman trusted that Jesus would show up, we place our trust in God during the storms of life. And no time than this time is, is very stormy. I've read most of the books from the C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, but there is one that I have not read, and that was that is The Silver Chair. And it's an odd one because I like pretty much all of the other books. But it is also funny that there is a saying, a quote that comes from this that I have known for decades, even though I haven't read the book. And it comes from one of the characters of that book, and his name is Puddleglum. He is what they call a marshwiggle. He and the three other characters in this book are trapped in an underground world held hostage by a witch. And the witch keeps telling them over and over again that there is no, no world above them. It doesn't exist. And she keeps telling them there is no Aslan, the great lion that rules, that is ruler over all of Narnia. That's just a cat. And that there is no sun, no light. It's just a lamp. Puddleglum hears all of this and he decides to speak up. And this is what he says. All you've been saying is quite right. I shouldn't wonder. I'm a chap who always liked to know the worst and then put the best face I can on it. So I won't deny any of what you said. But there's one thing more that needs to be said. Even so, suppose we have only dreamed or made up all those things, trees and grass and sun and moon and stars and even Aslan himself, suppose we have, then all I can say is that in that case, the made up things seem a good deal more important than the real ones. Suppose this black pit of a kingdom of yours is the only world. Well, it strikes me as a pretty poor one. And that's a funny thing when you come to think of it. We're just babies making up a game if you're right. But four babies playing a game can make a play world that licks your real world anyhow. That's why I'm going to stand by the play world. I'm on Aslan's side, even if there isn't any Aslan to lead it. I'm going to live as a Narnian, even if there isn't any Narnia. So thanking you kindly for your supper. If these two gentlemen and the young lady are ready, we're leaving your court at once and setting out in the dark to spend our lives looking for overland. Not that our lives will be very long, I should think, but that's a small loss if the world's as dull a place as you say.
the Syrophoenician woman was very much like Puddleglum. She seemed out of luck. She had no hope, but she believed. She believed that the sun was shining. She believed that there was a great lion. She believed that Jesus, the Son of God, would show up in a way that she had not ever expected. We live in uncertain times. And frankly, we live in scary times. But it is in these times that we place our trust in God, even when it seems like God is far away, even when it seems that we are trapped in a dark world. God is our hope and will show up when we least expect it. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L.org. May God be with you in the coming week.